Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> Long story. <laughs> you would need to do an intro. This is this is this is too easy. <laughs> um, good evening. Welcome along to the forum. Um, I don't know where to start. I, you know, we we were we we have a Amanda Stanley's agenda. <laughs> have an agenda. Um, I've just ripped it up. Haven't finally got into here. And uh, Gav sticking the euro in the meter. Um, um. And Pete, I don't know where to start. Uh, <laughs> I think it's wondrous, and I think the whole pod should be dedicated to what the hell is going on um, at, currently at this moment in time with your head and the fact that you've got you've got extra hands, extra hands I, doing your hair at this moment. In time, I right? am, yeah, I am. I'm in Sun Hills. Uh, a little bit of filming to do next week, so I have to look like this. And I'm in Sun Hills effects chair, and he's doing. He's he's making miracles. He's making me look like something from another planet. So so, so not, you're. Not already <laughs> if 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 you're filming next week why is is it going to take that long to get the makeup on you well yeah i mean it took it's after taking 13 hours to, to do this so you can imagine what the rest will will uh will take yeah <laughs> all right all right all right all right well as you start to change into whatever you're going to change into yeah. <laughs> no it is I hope I hope Sunil is good good at the FX that he's going to actually turn you into a, a life Sunil, Sunil is actually from Nepal <laughs> the most chilled guy in the world he's out and he makes the best coffee ever so like Sunil. <laughs> how are you Sunil it's great that we have five people on the pod tonight right um, <laughs> right um, thank you good evening welcome along to the forum uh, we've got we've got all sorts to talk about tonight um, none of it I want to really talk about because I was going through the agenda with Andy and I made up a brand new agenda for us to, to actually really talk about <laughs> so that's going to be a surprise for the rest of you uh, but importantly normally you'll see Kev in the chat on a Monday night um, but he's right beside me here um, I'm going to point there see yeah. I'm good at this game <laughs> I'm off this uh, good man Kev it's great to have one of the lads from the, the comments but Kev you've been on a good few pods at this stage, so it's not like you, you, you don't know what you're doing um, and above me of course is Andy Young. If we can just sort of direct my finger, I can get it up his nose. <laughs> Sorry, um, about that. I can't multitask. It. 
Tell I know, mate. I know, can't, I know. I literally can't. To, Trying to, to get fair, the show started, do the tweets, and uh, it's all To gone. be fair, if you're a woman, it'd be, it'd be no problem to you at all. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to continue to drink, drink my coffee to stay awake because I do have a, <laughs> a five and a half week old baby now at this stage, and it's, um, oh, it's been a long existence. Um, and as, as, as a 44 year old man, you're not designed for that type of stuff at this age. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's definitely. <laughs> it was grand when I was in, in my early 30s, and then sort of when I was 40, it was just a bit manageable. Yeah, you probably do have more patience now, though. I do have more patience, yeah, mainly nice. because. Kevin, okay, I'm getting close to death, right? So I might, I'm just going to try and enjoy every minute that I can. So it's, it's uh, <laughs> we've, had, we've had a good innings as this, this has gone along. So uh, that's the most important thing. But yeah, um, this is so we have an agenda. We're going to talk about four topics tonight. Uh, I don't know where these topics are going to because I've, 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 I've taken a few of them that are probably way, way off where you think it's going to go to. Um, Andy, you're talking about the United game and the, the unnatural fear that, that's brewing around the United game. Mm. Um, I'm talking about fan picks. And flags, right? Um, it's, it's basically just every time I see a fan picking a flag, it's the awkwardness of the people standing in the picture is unbelievable. And we, we'll get on to this. Um, Pete, what was your topic? I can't remember. The fact that we're far better, we're far better than we even think we are, than I even think Klopp even, you know, expected us to be. And yeah, we probably won't get to that topic. I've got some better ones. <laughs> and Kev, what was yours? Um, oh, football! Turning off from, from football. Don't worry about yeah. this. I got to turn. I got to make everyone turn off from football tonight. So that's that's what it is. Um, evening, Andy from Mayfield, Salas Big Toe. Uh, man, Mayfield. actually getting his hair done on the live stream. What do you expect? This is. This I drove down this. to Mayfield. Tell me, roll to have a look. Did you? I, I was doing nothing the other day. So you drove to Mayfield and Cork because you're doing the other, the other yeah. day. Yeah. Last week, me and Gav were talking on our big chat um, where we, we raised a few bob for Siena, which I'd encourage anyone to do. The link is going to be up all show. Uh, and uh, there was a fella from Mayfield, and I, I, said, it, I said it was a kip. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I felt I might have been wrong in that statement, so I went down to have a look for myself. And uh, indeed, it is a kip. <laughs> 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 oh, that's it. Yeah, apologies to absolutely everybody from Mayfield. <laughs> nobody has the internet down there. It's Grand Bar Kev. That's the only reason he's. Out. I know. I'm not from the city. I'm from out in the county, like so. I'm a pure uh, that's, uh, that's Even the real with my dinner. <laughs> <laughs> you doing your bollocks? <laughs> uh, right, lads. Um, let's start with Andy's topic. It's the United game. Um, and there's a couple of things I want to throw into this because there is there's a valid conversation to be had around. Uh, the, the the talk about another protest because you know you've lost a few games. Um and I see Gary Neville's meant to be on a soapbox again tonight. Look, you know, I, I said it at the time. Um Gary Neville's the most disingenuous prick you can see on the television. Uh, if you follow him and think he's a leader of political views, you just go and get your head examined. He's part of sports washing that suits his own needs, and he likes to mold the agenda to suit whatever pro United agenda he wants to stick it out there at this moment in time. He was celebrating the lads doing protests the last time, um, and I'm sure he'll be celebrating this time. But hopefully, if, if they do protest and get the game called off, don't really mind, because they probably would have beaten us had they played the game that day, uh, given the state we were in at that point. And the fact they got the match called off meant that we absolutely battered them when we played around. So let them, let them do it. But um, 
Yeah, fucking protest, Sandy. I'm going off to get me green and gold scarf. Get green and gold glazers out, glazers, glazers, whatever, until they spend another hundred million on fucking Jim Jam from Tampa. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just so pissed off at this. <laughs> yeah, I know you're right. Anyway, do you want me to talk about it? Go on, yeah. Yeah, I know. Um, it was the re- the idea around the topic was just that uh, that fear you get when it's coming up to United game, no matter what. Like even you know, it's kind of gone full circle where we're the ones that are challenging for titles now. And back decade or so ago, it was our biggest game of the season. It, you know, it felt like if we went to play them, we beat them. It was like winning a trophy. And for them now, at the moment, they think they're they're. Their manager is treading water. The fans are clutching their straws about practically everything. Neville, who you cited there at the beginning of the season, says something's not right at Liverpool. Every time he seems to say something like that, Liverpool go on these runs. He said that at the beginning of the season, we won the league, that something wasn't right. And Salah was leaving and all those things. So best of luck to him uh, with all his endeavours, whether they're political or whatever they are, they seem to have a positive response for us anyway but this fear coming into a game I mean they beat us and it's in our face when you're from Ireland you know what I mean I know if you're at in Liverpool the Derby's probably the biggest game it's the one that the kids have to go into school or, or lads and girls have to go to work the following day and listen to it all day long but uh, here in Ireland anyway it's it's Liverpool and United mainly and there's no getting away from it. It's going to be torture if we beat if we're beaten by them. So, yeah, I just thought we'd uh, be an interesting discussion. Um, Kev, I want to pitch Andy's idea around this discussion, and it's mainly because I think there's one valid part of this whole discussion around this United game playing out, and that's I think Jurgen Klopp has called this game so badly at Old Trafford during this whole time. If, if anything, it's the one time that he seems to overthink a match. Every other game, he yeah. doesn't seem to overthink it. This is the one game that he's he, he's tended to overthink. From your point, how how should we how how well, how would you like to see him approach it? How would you like to see them underplaying it essentially, which is which is more or less what Andy's getting at? I don't think you can underplay it. It's going to be in the media and around Liverpool for the next seven days. People are going to overlook tomorrow night, and everything is going to be the media in, on the radio. The fans going into going into training, that's all they're going to hear for the next seven days. They're going to be mm-hmm. ribbing each other. The England lads and Brazil lads from United and from Liverpool are going to be ribbing each other all week over this. So there's no underplaying it. But I wish for once Klopp would just forget himself and just let the players go out and play how they turned out against Watford and just mm-hmm. attack the game. Mm-hmm. It's it's frustrating that he pays them the respect that he would have paid a Ferguson side. Because that's what United tra- that's what United survived on post Fergie, post Fergie years for probably three or four seasons. The fear factor, it's just not there. And in fairness, I watched Monday Night Football tonight. I watched Neville and Carragher going through the performance against Leicester. And the first half, yeah, it was kind of disjointed, but it was there in parts. But the second half, they were brutal, and you could. It was just so bad that if we turn up in any kind of form and they they try to press like that, they try to walk through a game, 
we'll tear them to shreds. We really mm. will. And we won't have to play well to do it. Mm. That's the frustrating thing. Like Pete is going to talk about his comment or yeah, later on. And we're better than we think we are. And the reason why a lot of that is is because the players are so in tune with what the other player does. They don't have to think about it. Trent can play a ball cross field without looking because he knows where Robbo should be and Robbo will be there. Bobby can play a ball out to Salah because he knows Salah will be there because they've done it so often. It's, it's pointless trying to overthink this. As fans, we'll all get the, the twitches until the the lineup is announced. But I guarantee you, if we turn up in any kind of form, we will put three past these as well. You know, I mean, they have the star the star players to for a bit of magic. But if Cristiano Ronaldo thinks he can walk through this game, he's in for a rude awakening. You don't walk through a game against Liverpool and expect to come out with a result. It just doesn't happen. Of all the players that I'm worried about, and people say worry about, it's like the, the amount of Ronaldo's finished articles and stuff that's going to come out across the course of the week is probably the one thing you don't want biting you in the arse, mm. right? Because he can still smack it in from wherever he wants. Um, yeah. They only, they only need to get him free. And, you know, we have given up chances and we've had, thankfully, we've had Alisson there. Kelleher was great again at the weekend. Mm. He's, he's but just, that's all he's got, though, Phil, in fairness. I, I agree. I agree. You know, he, 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 Joe Matthews will bring the ball out from the back. Joe Matthews will walk past Cristiano, give him a wave, and carry on going <laughs> until he meets Fred. And he'll dance around Fred, and then he'll go into Matic, and he'll just sit down with your pipe and slippers there, Matic. You're mm. a bit old for this game. And he's in on the back four, and he'll do it all the time. Do you know, Ronaldo, independently box, is a genius. He will score goals out of fresh air. But outside of the box, he is without doubt one of the most frustrating, lazy players. Mm. And it must have split the dressing room already. And if it's not, if it hasn't, it's going to split it later on down the line. Because if you're Mason Greenwood and you're sat there at 18 year old years of age after scoring six goals so far this season, stuck out in the right wing, you're going to sit there and think, hang on. And you're Cavani, you're sat on the bench. What the hell's going on here? Why am I bothering? You know, it, it's definitely going to, it's a signing that's going to rip that dressing room apart by the end of the season. 100%. Mm. I think you're right. The only problem is he's he'll accelerate uh, the sacking of Ole. I think he's that he's that influence. He's you know, he, he is a born winner, yeah. And he'll just bitch behind his back and he'll get the he'll rally the uh, the hawks around Ole and he'll be gone quicker with him just in place. But it doesn't make it any easier for the next manager because he's a kind of a a must-play player, so everything has to change. The midfield has to change. You can't accommodate all those attacking type of players like Sancho, Rashford, uh, um, Greenwood, Pogba, Fernandez. You can't just play all of them in the one team once or not. You play Ronaldo, and then you have to you have, you have to, to fit him in. You have to accommodate him. Yeah, you, you have, have to play to an attacker. Yeah, and even when they had him before, Tevez and Rooney ran themselves ragged mm. to do his donkey work. So that he got he looked good and they won games, but he needed those yeah. working like players around. He's him. a different player now, Kev. He's a different player now. He's an easier player now. Oh, yeah, but, lads. When you're 146 years age, aren't you entitled to be a lazy player? Like, he's he's achieved everything. It's not his fault. Yeah. It's not his fault. He, he should engineered like, the move. Yeah, mm. him and his agent engineered the move. They played a blinder. Mm. Now, leak it that I want to go to Man City and Man City are interested after falling down with Kane. 
United's board saw, saw a PR exercise and went, oh, mm. we can't have them going there. Instead of signing the DM that they needed or addressing the, the midfield options that they needed, they went out and bought a luxury that they didn't need and well, didn't want. I think, Kev, I think Manchester we're, play, we're playing them at the weekend, Chad, just, just so you know. Yeah, well, so Pete, I, I think- Pete, can, can I just, I, I, want, I want to move on the point, right, because I want to bring it back to us, right, um, particularly around this, this club thing overplaying it, because in, this is the one game that Salah hasn't really played well in, uh, in the old Trafford matches, right? Um, his, his, he just hasn't had that performance yet. You know the way he's, he's destroyed him in Liverpool? Like, you think about the year we won the league, the goal that more or less seals the league, is that goal, that breakaway goal at the end of the game against him? And he, yeah, he, he, he got two breakaway goals the last year. Well, at all times. Yeah. So last year he gets he gets a bit of revenge in terms of what was going on. Um, but like I want to see him. Is this not the chance, the opportunity for in the form that he's in to absolutely backdoor the United fans in front of them while they're there, sitting there protesting in their green and gold? Isn't this what we want to see? We want to see this. And I, like I want to see a schooling by Salah this weekend. I want I want him to literally put them back into their nineteen ninety stadium box, send it to the moon. Well, it's a distinct possibility if Harry Maguire plays. I mean, I can't believe this week, and I think I made the point today and yesterday. I can't believe that anybody with who gets a half a million quid a, a, a year to analyse football and used to play the game like Alan Shearer for example or Michael Richards could watch Leicester City and Manchester United and not make the point that Harry Maguire was absolutely at fault for every single goal that went in at Manchester United end and I think everybody has adopted this you know he's undroppable stance including his own manager about Harry Maguire he will play against Liverpool this weekend and Mohamed Salah will just will look look to isolate him and absolutely destroy him. So this is a week in in all fair. I mean, between Bissaka, Juan Bissaka and Harry Maguire, that little pocket of space where where Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane <laughs> operate, it's just license to print money from from the lad's perspective. I mean, it, it, this is a week where you know it, he could effectively end Harry Maguire's career. So you're absolutely right. It could get really embarrassing. And of course, Solskjaer is going to back his 80 million, you know, his 80 million pound centre-back. He's going to play him. I cannot understand for the life of me, the life of me why he wouldn't play Boye and Lindelof, but he's going to play Maguire. Nothing sure. Plays right okay. into our hands. I just want to put, for everyone listening, right, look, Sienna is five grand away from the total that she needs to get on the on the Sienna steps thing um, that we've been supporting and pushing for ages. Uh, Pete's decided to get his hair braided for until we hit the 5K, right? <laughs> so they're braiding and unbraiding his hair until it happens. So if you want to see Pete being freed from Sunil's um, jail, Sex chamber, if you want to call it right, and allow to get back to his hair. That's it. Paddy, you're asking where it is. I'd send you on the directions on the Google, uh, on the Google machine later on, and you can drop down there and she can braise your hair since you went off to Torquay. You're gonna hold next Um, anyhow, I look, I everyone that's out there, we're five grand off. It's a, it's a tiny amount in relative to what we've managed to pull together um, in the whole appeal that this has been going on. So please, if you can do a bit more, if you can get anything together, please do so. Um, it's so important that, that we get this girl a, a little chance at a, at a, at a normalised life. Um, and I hate using the phrase normalised because, you know, you know, different things happen to people and we still ha- get to have good and, and rewarding lives. That's, that's there. So it's, but just to give her a chance to sort, the, sort out what, what can be sorted out, which is really good. Um, right, back to the discussion. Um 
I sort of mentioned the, the club part. I've mentioned the players part. There's, you know, you know, you tend to up their game in, the, in this because they, they, well, particularly when the fans weren't there because they were able to do it um, and they don't have the fab. But I think the fans actually negatively impact the United team more. And I hope they get on their backs with their green and gold scarves as much as they can at the weekend. Uh, protest, protest, protest. Um, we'll keep protesting away. It's throwing your toys out of the pram like the little babies that you are. Um, but in reality, lads, we have a game before that, which is Atletico Madrid in the Champions League. Win that and basically secure. Uh, qualification to the next phase and it's also an opportunity for England to send out all of the Liverpool fans with COVID to reinfect Madrid as a, as a revenge game for what they did last year in Anfield <laughs> do we not agree? well yeah I think that's the plan to be quite honest with you no, I think the plan is to go and make a point go and make a point there tomorrow night and it'll probably be as drab I think you don't I, I don't expect to see I expect to see huge change I expect Origi to start I think this will be like a, a really, it won't be exciting. It'll be a chess match. I expect a nil all or a one all. To be honest with you, go home with a point, get them back to Anfield, destroy them. To be honest with you, I, I think the focus will be, you know, on Old Trafford next week. To be honest with you, I can't see Kev, do, Kev, Kev, do you think the focus is on Old Trafford? I, I don't know how he's going to go about this because, in fairness, Naby is. This would be. What four games in nine days, ten days? If he plays, if he plays uh, tomorrow night, uh, Virgil had a full international break with um, with the Netherlands. We're sat, I think, on what nine points uh, with three to play. If you're going to take not take liberties, but if you're going to use your squad away, is probably the, the night to do it. Now it goes against the grain because it's a tough group, and every game is vital, and you might want to secure it early and play the squad more in the last two games. Mm. But I can definitely see a strong argument for making four or five changes tomorrow, especially at centre-back and left-back, and maybe up front as well, be it Jota mm. and Origi or Jota and um, Taki. I could definitely see changes tomorrow. Andy, what's your, what's your view with the two games so close and the, the you know relative impact of both games? What, what are you hoping to see? I'm not that close. There's Tuesday and uh, and Sunday. He goes full strength for both. Whatever he feels is the strongest team, probably to the game. I don't see any many changes. Uh, win this game tomorrow and get it done. At this stage, it'd be silly to be, you know, just playing a uh, making changes just so you can maybe nick a draw and carry this on any further. We've had an incredible start to the season in the Champions League and the and the league. So, yeah, no, full strength. Get the win there tomorrow night. And we owe them one. I think, lads, I, I go back to it like this. They ended our campaign in two years. Was it two years ago? The I, I think we've we've lost the year with the whole COVID shit, right? So whatever year it was that, they, that that happened in Anfield with the Adrian game and stuff like that, for me... The year before last year. Yeah, yeah. Let it go have been on my hit list for ages because of that game. Right? And I'd love to go into their backyard and and basically stomp all over them, get the three points, and be able to park the Champions League until February, essentially, because mm. you're guaranteed you've guaranteed your qualification. Yeah. But at the same time, Pete, we've got 
bigger squad depth than we ever had. I think it's about time Kanaze got another game. We haven't seen him for weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you wanted to give Van Dijk a rest, because Van Dijk himself has been coming out and saying, you know, he's still coming back from the injury and it's baby steps in terms of where he gets on. He's not back up to fully up to speed. This to me is an ideal game to see what Kanaze looks like in, in the proper fire of a European mm. toy that has something riding on it before you get to the knockout phases, etc. around it. I think Simicas is, is somebody who has proven his ability in, in, in for the team. Um, and I wouldn't mind seeing him. Yeah, these are changes you can make without weakening the team, Phil. Like, That's what I'm saying. It's been in, uh, unbelievable in pre-season, the games he has played this season. Canate, uh, what a luxury mm-hmm. at the moment to be able to integrate a player, his quality into the squad slowly and surely, just like Fabino was brought in, into the team slowly, just like... Um, uh, Robertson was brought into the team slowly. These are players that Klopp knows have a long-term future, but just get it right from the start. It, it's very hard to come into that Liverpool team and, yeah. and perform to the levels of expectation. But um, yeah, you'd have no problem coming into that game tomorrow, I'm sure. Uh, Kev, you mentioned the, the Kaiser thing. Um, and I'd, I'd keep playing them because the the the... the and the reason why I keep playing him is because the likelihood, the Murphy's Law part of Akeda is that he's due an injury soon if he's played that many games in a row, right? Yeah. So you may as well get as much as you can out of him. My biggest worry with Akeda, and I hope I'm wrong, is that he's he has been in some of the bigger European games, they've managed to successfully make him disappear. Um, if you think about Madrid away uh, in that knockout yeah. game and other things. But to be fair to him, he's played a lot better um, this season than he has. He seems to have adopt, adopted the... When Yaldum roll when he's been when they've given him a game, um, and I think he needs to turn up in a big match. And this to me is a big match. This is this is a bigger match for me as as the United game is because as I said, you can essentially put your Champions League qualification to bed in in October, which is huge for us. Yeah, it is. The only thing that would worry me with um, playing him again, just in case he does break down, is you've you're sat there with James Milner, Jordan Henderson, Fabinho, and Curtis Jones coming back. Mm-hmm. As your four midfielders for three spots going into the United game, does I don't think you need to you need to overplay this kid. If Jones is right, then you know play him. Fabinho comes back into it. James Miller comes out and he's ready for for Sunday if need be. You got mm-hmm. Naby ready for Sunday if need be with a week's rest in between. Come on for twenty minutes at the end, fine. You know I don't think you need to to flog him. Not this early in the season. There's no need of it. You know, you yeah. have a squad for a reason, and it's not a be all. It's not a knockout game. It's one of six. Mm. And Kevin Ball makes a point. He says you've forgotten Ox there. Ox is an option for the midfield. That's easily done, unfortunately, these days. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no disrespect to Ox, but he's not doing himself any favors to push himself into the side. He had a good preseason. Anytime he's played, he's looked like he's trying too hard to do too much to impress too much instead of doing the basics and keeping it simple and just keeping the ball moving. Do that right, and then you're going to force Klopp to make a decision. But if you try to be all things to all people, then you're going to find yourself watching... Can't really blame him, though. He's playing, he's playing catch-up to a kid that yeah. nobody thought was good enough for the squad. You know, he's miles behind Jones now. You know, he's, he's, he's doing that with two of them, though, isn't he? Because he was behind Elliot as well. He's miles behind you know, In all fairness to him, for the sake of his career, he does need a move. And unfortunately, it won't happen in January. It'll probably happen in the summer. But for the sake of his career, he needs to be playing football at his age. And yeah. I think with heart and a half, I wish him all the best in the world to go off and play at a West Ham, a Southampton, a Brighton, 
you know, and revive your career because he's or good. Uh, he's, he's a lower, you know. Yeah. Lads, on a, there seems to be a heavy Liverpool fan presence that have gone over to the game, obviously with the memories of Madrid that they've had from winning the Champions League there. And there seems to be a lot of um, pictures and things floating around the internet about lads really soaking up the atmosphere. When I say soaking up the atmosphere, I essentially mean the wine, the beer, the meats, whatever they can get. Um, and they've all brought their flags with them, uh, which is great to see because they're going to make a great <laughs> spectacle in in whatever fucking name of the stadium is, the Atletico Madrid Wonder Vision Stadium. The superstar <laughs> Stadio, the one divisional uh, in terms of what's there. But Andy, because you're a big flag man, you got you got the flag man to make it a flag, right? And, and it's a special flag that has a special message on it for for reward when when you get your flag out, and you love getting your flag out for uh, the big games. But the, when you were standing holding your flag, <laughs> <laughs> what do you? How do you? How do you do it? You hold it this way, and then what do you do with your what do you do with the non-holding arm? Because the, uh, uh, genuinely, I was looking at this on, on on the internet, and lads really struggle with the non-holding flag arm. They don't know whether to so they start to do this one where you have to sort of like you hold this, you start to give it that one, or you get the, you get some sort of go, giving it like this one. But uh, what what one for you would be the what 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 methods would you use with the the flag the non-flag holding arm? Because it's very important mm. <laughs> to know. But it's like any photograph when you're standing there. What do you do with your hands? The, the well, <laughs> <laughs> like what way are your hands behind your back at your front to your side? Do you make a fist? Do you have them nice and relaxed? Do you? And then what do you do when you're in a photograph with your hands? It's always a kind of an awkward one, depending on the environment. I think uh, if I'm holding the flag uh, with with one hand, the the other hand is probably like giving it one of those or something. <laughs> You're giving it one of those ones. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> or a wave. Oh. <laughs> but uh, this is just one of your things, Phil. Uh, flags are cool. Mark uh, Sweetman, who makes the banners, is uh, exceptionally cool. He's uh, one of the most talented people I've I've seen doing the work. He's doing the artwork. He's doing it. just keeps getting better and better. He's doing a banner at the moment. See, this this is what's inspired it. Like here's one of the lads out in Madrid. Now look that's carefully. Mar- that's one of uh, that's, that's one, one of Mark's. Mark's yeah. yeah. So you can see. You know, he's gone with this sort of rigid stand uh, where you've got your arms to the side, not quite just sitting in your pockets, just a rigid stand. And mm. his mate here has gone for a more relaxed version. Um, and fair play to him wearing the mask as well. That's a much more relaxed version. Of yeah, it's the, I'm not really here. Exactly. Potentially hiding. Or I can hide if I hold it here. <laughs> Put the mask on. This is me. Somebody yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, can I also just say that Mark is releasing a book and it's available now for pre-order. Uh, so get on that as well. Yeah, what's it just, called? It, I don't know actually what it's called. You, you'll see it. Just go on to Twitter and, and look up Mar- um, Mark's page and you'll see it's uh, it's quality. Be out for Great Christmas present. All the banners he's done, he's done dozens over the last uh, couple of years. Amazing work. Anyway, I don't see a problem with people holding banners. You have me laughing now because it's just like, you know, when you think about the, this sort of stuff over and over again, you kind of repeat it enough times, it starts to become funny. But okay. like, banners... <laughs> How would you? How would you hold? What like? What would you do with your hands? I, I, I agree with Andy. Hands are like, like the most random things. <laughs> random. I mean, yeah. look. Okay, look. There's there's flags and there's flags. There's banners like are that are in Madrid now, and then yeah. there's the poxy show that was at St James's Park yesterday. We're all sat oh. there like that. And there, that was the most cringy, embarrassing 
degrading thing I've ever seen in my life. See the Newcastle fans sat there waving their little flags after selling their souls to the devil. Mm-hmm. But that aside, I'd be the fiend who starts holding it with this hand and slide myself and everything else. You see nothing there. I might put my head out or something like that. <laughs> in fairness, I'm a bit of a, a round gentleman, to say the least. So I'd um, do my very best to slide on the inside of it. I think as well... That's way more to... interesting to talk about the, the car crash that was the beginning of that Newcastle game. Well, did you see the, interesting... did you see the TV oh, yeah. fixtures that have came out now on the back there's... of the takeover? Oh. There's a couple of things I'd like to discuss about this Newcastle bit, right? Because they're taken over by a group of people who uh, butchered a journalist, right? Um, off the back mm-hmm. of negative stuff about them. Um, and, and, that's it. and that just seems to have gotten glossed over, like. You know, it, it was it was confirmed in the by a US uh, intelligence agency the linkages to the the, the royal family, etc. That was there. That's it's mad. It's it's absolutely mad. And um, yeah. think that that somebody um, who's been involved in something like that is deemed to be a fit and proper person to own a club. Because ultimately, it must put the fear of God into the journalists in England. That particularly in Newcastle, if they say something wrong about the club, the outcome, the outcome that could happen there, um, mm. because just don't say anything wrong. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Um, mm. And two, Jamie Redknapp was hammered for an opinion. No, that fans don't care once teams are successful. And I'm actually on board this, right? I'm on board with this. At this moment of time, you saw the Newcastle fans turning up in their um, Arab costumes and everything like that, celebrating the fact that they're taking over by a multi-million pair. And they'd make out that that, that Mike Ashley, with his, which is, with his work regimes and stuff like that that has gone on in England, is horrific and he's a terrible person. Like As far as I'm aware... Mike Ashley hasn't been involved in some of the human rights violations that the no. current owners have. He doesn't, he doesn't butcher members of the LGBT community. He doesn't get involved in genocide. I mean, he yeah, his minimum wage practices are a little bit questionable, but I'm pretty sure nobody has died as a direct result of Mike Ashley's actions. Right. Owning Newcastle. So, um, yeah. Like, this is, the, this is the thing. Sky had an absolute meltdown over the Super League right and and everything that went with it and we had to listen to weeks and weeks of as you call it Phil Bilge um, from Sky Neville Carragher the whole gang of them and this is over football this is over complete a football issue greed and football and they're as you know Kevin says they're they're all over the TV fixtures now. They're lording these uh, new owners. They're making out as if this is there's absolutely nothing wrong with this, uh, and everyone's afraid to mention the elephant in the room. And, and that this, this is this is a bad thing for football. This is a bad thing. I I hope they get relegated. I honestly I hope they get relegated, and they buy a couple of good players that don't get them promoted, and they stay down there, and then they they just fuck off. Look, here's yeah. the thing. Redknapp in his in his piece yesterday failed to mention that he's best mates with uh, one of the investors' sons, who he did a sit down interview with not long beforehand. It was nicely admitted when he said that uh, football fans don't care. Newcastle fans gave a shit when it was Mike Ashley. Mm. Telling me they don't give a shit. Sean now. is saying it. Sean is saying it there the, uh, in the group chat there or in the in the in the comments that there was all the zero hour contracts and it was, they yeah. were all about the you know. Employment rights now that people are being butchered and literally chopped here, up and put in the same here's, here's the thing, Pete. If Mike Ashley goes and invests in Derby County, 
the, all that will happen is that those same arrogance will move to Derby County with Mike Ashley, but Mike Ashley could save Derby County as a club. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, you can weigh up the pros and cons of that, but here's the thing. You Google Human Rights Saudi Arabia and you Google PIF Fund, and just you don't even have to go into the rabbit hole or dance around the rabbit hole. Read from reputable sources like Amnesty International. Just spend five minutes. Five minutes, read a little bit about Amnesty Internet from Amnesty International about what it's like it, over in that country. And then read a little bit about what the PIF fund is and when it was created and why it was created. And you realize that sports washing works. I tell you, Kev, the worst take the worst take I heard besides the LGBT Newcastle supporters statement was Alan Shearer's take that this takeover is positive. Why? He says, because it will highlight the fact that there are human rights problems in Saudi Arabia and perhaps there, there can be changes. I've never heard such disingenuous tripe, I won't use the word I want to use, in all my life. Talk about self-serving. I mean, it's 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 disgusting. I, I, I really, and then the... Don't believe, the don't believe me and Pete or Andy or Phil. Just spend five minutes on Google. Go on Amnesty's own website. If you don't trust Amnesty International, go on a UN website. Go sure, on. look what they've done to Amanda Stavely. That's not even horrible. But this, this, this is my thing. I, I, that's the next thing I want to go around. Do you reckon that there's a lot of replace bots that these lads replace people with lookalikes or sort of lookalikes? Because I remember when Amanda Stavely started this process, she didn't look anything like she does at the moment, right? And yeah. it's, it's just not her. It's not her. Uh, right. You, you, hear, you hear people like being replaced. Like this happened with Pepe Reina. Do you remember Pepe Reina went to Bayern Munich, right? And then they replaced him with a larger version for a while after he got injured. And then he went to Napoli. And he was replaced, and we've never seen the real Pepe Reina ever since. Because he turned the, the fellow that mm. turned up at Aston Villa didn't even look like the fellow that used to play yeah. for Liverpool. Like, I for Oktoberfest, and he decided to shack up with a bird there. I'm telling you, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you now, there's replace bots going on in the world of football, and I, fa- I fancy that the Saudis are behind these replace. You're bots making a it. joke over this now, Phil, uh, saying that happened to Reina. This is different. This is something that they, they should really I look in all fairness. I don't like seeing all the comments going in about her appearance, to be honest. Look, it's it's you wouldn't you wouldn't fat I wouldn't fat shame shame someone. I don't like seeing people's image being degraded in that way. It's just not nice. There's no need for it. I, I, just, I don't think there's there's any need for it, but it's it's like I, it's, the, look, she's a strange looking fish. I don't think I, look that's fair if, that, if I if I thought it was her it's not her though that's, that's, that, we don't think it's her this, <laughs> this, this, is, this is the point we're trying to raise I don't think it is her yeah yeah, we think it's somebody There's else. No shame in if we don't believe it's actually the same. Person. No, it's not the same person. <laughs> not the same person. There's the an, an investigation needs to take place into what has happened to the original Amanda Stabby. There's, there's, there's a, there's because another investigation that they can carry she, out. She after in her, in her, in herself, she arrived in England to buy clubs a few times. Yes, they and, tried. She tried and, with and, and failed. <laughs> Failed to do so, so they sent back somebody else yeah. who successfully managed to do this. I have to say, I, like, hey, I, who, I, was your, who was the guy working on before he got to you? 
I've, I've got there's, there's like 11 of me the lads will tell you that <laughs> I'm Phil Ford tonight there's another fella who's more clean shaven there's, there's one in the background watching the NFL yeah there's one there's one tweeting at the moment he's, he's over there tweeting so that's how you're managing to get the baby fed and do a podcast and watch yeah, the yeah, yeah, and all that crap yeah I was, I'm was. i one of octuplets we just all got the same name so we just randomly drove by and, and same different hassle things. didn't it yeah, it's, it's easier that way um, but Pete, I'm, I'm st- where's where's Sunil gone? He's over there crying with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see your after show. I think <laughs> if you don't come back looking the same next week, there's, there's, <laughs> I want to know. Be, be bald in 10 days. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Just Sunil is, is, is looking after people in the Premier League at this stage. Um, anyway, right, the, what are we talking about? And what else are we going to talk about? Actually, lads, I want to before we get on to um, Balloon Olympics. <laughs> oh, this is the, the Balloon World Cup. <laughs> Three hours I spent looking at Google the Balloon World Cup today. Was that genuine Peru or the champions? Yeah, this, this this was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh. We used to do this as kids. And if you went to an eight-year-old's birthday party, you were a superhero if you, when we were playing this. I've, I mean, we could hop sofas and everything. We even did it in our super slippers. But yeah. everything, everything about what they put out there today, I was just there going, this is amazing. A car in the middle of the room, <laughs> a table, mm. two sofas. Also, now, Andy, did you did you look up the rules like I asked you? Because we were trying to figure out, you can't sort of just smack it into the ground. No, you know, no, like it's, you want- yeah, it has to be an upward motion. Now, there was a couple of dodgy uh, shots yeah. taken in the clips I seen where they were kind of more sideways. Um, but they, yeah, the balloon sort of travelled in an upward direction. Right. Um, and it allowed oh. knock stuff over or, like, you're not away, in, you're not away in, a, in a house if a balloon, like, the panic that goes on. Anyone who's a parent, you're all, we're all parents. So you're not a oh, panic when you see a balloon yeah. heading towards, like, a, a, a vase or a glass or something like that, right? And it's like, you know that inner panic that's like, I know I'm not going to get there. I know I'm not going to get there. And the kids are just like, and boom. And you're just like, ah. Like, mm. surely there must be bonus points if you can knock over the glass or something like that with your balloon. And that's what the lads have to do. Like, you this, do like gymnastics if you've got the style, the style yeah. awards as well as the actual awards. So you, you, your, att- your form of attack is to hit the balloon at the glass thing and then it falls over, but you can defend it by catching the vase and knocking your balloon back at the same time. That would be like, that, that, that's that's what I want to know. Can we and, just address, address that point there for a second? Um, yeah. yours, what the mistake Veranda Chase is making there, he's associating American owners with what the American state are doing. Yeah, this is American states haven't bought a football club yet, Veranda Chase. When they do, we can have the conversation that you want to have. Not yeah, this is, this is completely different conversation altogether like American owners are just businessmen in America you can't blame them for what American are doing across the world it's the same way what the British did across the world you can't blame English owners but the difference is these people are complicit in these crimes so well, there you go the decision, the decision makers their phones yeah. come directly from you know out of the hands of dead people so. mm. now it's not it's not the state no no state it's group of lads who are just <laughs> like I said, spend a minute on Google. Actually, no, Google PIF fund Saudi Arabia. No, the don't, first, don't. Google Balloon World, World Cup. Yeah. Anyone? Seriously, I want to. I want to see the Balloon World Cup, and I, I yeah. want the football removed from well. television. Right? I want removed television. Like it's it's the purest form of of sport I've ever yeah. seen today. 
was looking at what was going on. I, I did just, I, it, it's just, I, I'm, I'm still at this moment of time. It's just, it was the best thing I've seen. Two lads running around a pretendy room with a Volkswagen in the middle of a pretendy room, trying to play keepy up with a balloon. And even Andy, the bit at the end when he just gives up. <laughs> yeah. I think he was it, it was just because like, he'd made he had made those uh shots beforehand where he got around the front of the car, but I think at that stage it was just it was just too much. He was dead in his feet. <laughs> what what kind of foot uh footwear did he have to was Wait, he wear I, I, jump zone socks or something? Socks, no jump zone socks, you know, with the kind of with the grooves on the socks, yeah. like like yeah. Mikasa. The Mikasa yeah. goalkeepers gloves, except they have the the the, the rubber Mikasa. ribs at the bottom of the socks. Yeah. I insist that you have to. No, you have to. For me, in in the balloon Olympics, you'd have to wear penny slippers. That's what a Primark slippers for the yeah. non-Irish here. Primark you slippers. Got rubber sole on the bottom, so you can slide. Yeah, got to get the slide in. So you can get you can get that slide across, and I have to be on a wooden floor as well. It yeah. can't be on, on. But but as a throw in. Right, a rug in the middle of the rubber floor. So you know where you get that slide and you hit the rubber and you go flying. Right, that's that to me is 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 the bit that's most important with balloon World Cup. I want to know if the balloon work if if there's no if the balloon World Cup is the pinnacle of the sport. When are the league matches on? When is the elite balloon yeah. work? I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm nail on head as usual. Yeah, mm, um, and talk about things that are distracting mm. us. Uh, whose topic was football shit? That, it's um, usually also. No, no, I've seen that as a list of topic, and I don't remember anyone saying. I don't remember that. anyone talking no. about that. Kev, can I no. ask you something? Right, you're big, and yeah. I, I, I know this is a bit random tonight, but I don't no, mind because right. I, I like randomness. It's Monday night; the, the brains aren't really fully functional after the weekend, so you're better off having random conversations because it's just yeah. that's what Monday's all about. But um, Kev, you're a huge advocate of donor cards, right? Um, yes. So, for anyone out there. Kev, why should we be carrying donor cards? Or is there an app that we can stick on our phones? Or what? what what's the best thing right. to do here? Um, the, the laws changed in the UK. Um, I mean, a lot of people in the UK listen and watch this and contribute in the chat and everything. And, and a lot of people in Ireland do as well. Then the laws of the two countries are, are different at the moment. Um, firstly, look, I was directly affected by, um, by this. My daughter was born with liver disease. And she had a transplant when she was 20. And at 20, after that, she went on to, she got married. She had two kids. They had not long moved into their first home. And sadly, she passed away in May of this year at the age of 28, uh, waiting for a second transplant. And to cut a long story short, um, between complications with COVID and availability of organs um she missed out um one came up about a month before she passed away but it wasn't team suitable by the time mm. it arrived in london and um the only thing I've, I've wanted to say i mean in all the pods that i've done and all the interactions that i've had this is the first chance i've had to be able to just say it from i've been having i've had this rolling around in my head for months what i wanted to say and basically, the UK have gone through an opt-out system similar to what they have in Spain, mm-hmm. where if you, unless you go onto the NHS register and opt out of being an organ donor, you're presumed to be an organ donor. 
So what happens is in the sad event of your passing or a loved one's passing, a transplant coordinator will come and have a conversation with you. And it's an unfortunate, it's a horrible conversation for them to have if you haven't sat down with your partner and had the conversation yourselves. So this is mainly what I want to talk about is most people I know, the vast majority of people I've always known. Do you want to, would you give blood? Yeah, of course you do. Of course you would, Mm -hmm. no problem. Would you want your organs to be donated so someone else can have a kidney, a liver, a heart, an eye, whatever? Yeah, of course. Yeah, no problem. Uh, But they never go and have this conversation with their loved ones. And what needs to happen is it's an uncomfortable conversation for families to sit down around the kitchen table and have. But by having that conversation at a night, I mean, I'm not saying sit down with your six and seven year old. I'm saying sit down with your adult children, if you have adult children, or your wife and say, look, when, if and when anything ever happens to me, this is what I want to happen. Just so that in the sad, horrific case that this does happen to you, because it does, then when the coordinator comes around and talks to you, yeah, you might not want to hear it, but you'll remember the conversation that you had with your husband, your wife, with your son, your daughter, with your mother, your father. And because... Those decisions need to be made quick. The, when my daughter had her first liver transplant, all we know is that the it happened. She had the transplant, I, off the top of my head, I think it was the 31st of December. So I'm, and we know that the organ had to come from the north of England. She was in hospital in London at the time, and the organ had to come from Leeds. And the only thing I can presume is that it was being around Christmas, New Year's, and there was an accident, car accident or a motorbike accident or something along those lines. And my daughter was the lucky benefactor of someone's sad passing. And out of that, she, I have two grandchildren that I absolutely worship their ground, their walk on. But... Sadly, they are going to grow up now without their mother because due to COVID, due to hospitals being overstretched, due to an organ not being available, someone not having the conversation, a family saying no. There are multiple reasons why organs don't, why organ donations don't happen, but something in the region of about 500 patients in Ireland alone die every year on a transplant list. And in Ireland, we need to carry the card. You can go on the web and order a card. You can carry the card and have the card on you. But you need to have the conversation with your loved ones because ultimately you're not going to be there when the decision is made. Ultimately, it's your, your partner's decision. And with, Sorry, Kev, with or without the card, you know, in, in Ireland... Can your next of kin make that decision without the the individual that's passed having a card? I honestly don't know. I'd assume that if it wasn't a death by natural causes, so it was an accident or something, a coordinator would come to the would probably come to the hospital, come to the patient or come to the family if there was any indication. 
from because you'd imagine a nurse or a doctor would have a quiet word with the person your husband or daughter your husband or wife is a suitable candidate for organ transplantation mm. is it something you'd be interested in we can get a coordinator to come and talk to you and what happens is the coordinator will co- and they walk you through every step of the way of what happens what's available but the, the ultimate decisions need to happen quickly so that the organs can be reused. Kev, look, I think I echo everyone in encouraging people to, especially in Ireland, to carry a donor card. Um, lads don't know, my, my cousin at the moment is on, is is is, is waiting for um, a lung transplant because of something that's happened to generate very quickly. Um, and I would encourage anyone. It goes back to what we're what we've been trying to do for Sienna is to give that little girl a better chance at a, at a better life for herself, just a normalised life. But our organ donation gives people a chance for life, not just a better life or a normalised life. It just gives mm-hmm. them a chance to There's have thousands uh, of people sat on kidney waiting for kidneys. Yeah, yeah. thousands of people. Give, two, three days a week that they're going for dialysis up and down the country in Dublin, mm-hmm. Cork, Limerick, Galway. And kidney transplants are so quick. Mm-hmm. You know, if they have the organs, they have the system in place to do the, the operations. They just don't have access to enough organs to be able to do what they want to do. And yeah. all these people want is a chance to live. Yeah. And it's, and that's it's, it. it's, and that's it's not even, only. you know, it's, it's, a, it's obviously a sad loss for the individual who has lost their life, but they, they're mm. not just saving one person. No. Uh, because there's multiple organs which can be spread across <clears throat> the list of kidneys, liver, heart, as you say, yeah. eyes. The amount, of, the amount of surgery that can take place to make someone's life better or save their life. Even if the organs can go to science, they yeah. can use those, even sympathetic training doctors how to do transplants. It's not mm. like they go to medical school and practice on animals all the time. Mm. There are times they need organs to use. They need mm. to be able to study how they can do things better, how techniques can be improved on. All organ donations, if it can't be used in a patient, is not wasted. It can be used elsewhere. Mm. You know, Just please, don't worry about what if you carry the card, fantastic absolutely fantastic i really hope people do but more importantly than anything make your wishes known to your next of kin and make sure they know mm. and make sure that you know that your greatest gift that you will ever give anyone is going to go forwards to provide another family and their extended family with God willing, a lifetime of yeah. happiness, all from one decision and one conversation. Mm. I, can, I think we can't echo that anymore. And Kev, thanks for telling. Thank not you. Tell, sorry, it's not even thank telling you. a story, but thank you for encouraging people to get out there and carry those donor cards and be donors, right? Because as I go back to it, you are given, and what you said, you are giving people the opportunity to keep their loved ones and to have a life, right? And it's, it's it's the greatest gift. It's the reason why we're here. It's the reason why we're here is to give people life, to pass on life to the next generation. Mm. So that goes on. So this is what, this is the fundamental basis of what being a, a, a true valuable human has been. So if you, if you aren't carrying one, please do. It costs nothing. You don't have to do anything. You just go on, get a donor card. It costs nothing, right? This is so important for people out there. It costs nothing to do. There's nothing at all. 
Um, but if you can, please do it. Um, and if you have any, if you're queasy or query about it, whatever it is, look mm. it up, look into it. Yeah. But it costs nothing. This costs nothing and can give incredible. That's my life. Twitter name on there. If anyone has any questions, if I if you can't find the answer, if I can't find the answer, we'll find the answer together. Message me, private message me, whatever, anytime. I'll get back to you and we'll find the answers that you're looking for. Mm. Okay, look, Kevin, you know, and, and thanks for telling. Uh, genuinely, thanks Thank for sharing. Thank you guys for giving me the the platform to be able to say it. I've been oh. wanting to say this since May. Don't right. be daft. Like right. if it's if it's not the balloon World Cup, we'd rather talk about something well, that's yeah. serious as well. Do you know what I mean? So it's it's important <laughs> to have to, to have both sides. The, the reason yeah. why we talk yeah. here on Monday, it's not just about football. It's not just about nonsense. We're we're trying to make if we can make a difference to people. You know, it, it seems altruistic and all that type of stuff but it, like yeah. if you've got a voice and you've got a platform it's time it's, you, you have a yeah, you have a moral obligation to use it so thanks for sharing with us um, and I hate mm-hmm. I, like do you know what I mean I'm going to take just switch away from it so yeah he, on that you, you had some really gammy topic what was it oh it doesn't matter <laughs> to be honest it doesn't, it doesn't matter. matter for it me matter. I just I, I just want to reinforce what Kevin is saying that um, you know, we, we've seen so many people pass away over the last year, huge complications. And, you know, so many people go on about what, what will I leave behind? They worry about their wills. People worry about, you know, I've seen, we've seen so many people clash over, over, you know, their estates and stuff like that. If you really want to be remembered and if you really want to leave something behind of yourself, save people's lives. I mean, let's just echo what Kevin's saying. Get a free card. Get a don't rely rely on the whole default thing. Get get yourself a free card and know that you know you're gonna live on through something. You could save six, seven lives. Let's just do it. Let's just let's just do it. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. Sorry, Kev, you just killed me. You killed me. No, okay. So look, I think let me let let me help you move along. Right in terms yep. of what it is, and, and not in a, a funny way, but just let's let's just try bringing it back to the Newcastle conversation and and something that that's a growing topic, particularly I, I mentioned a way back. There seems to be a growing disengagement, and Arsene Wenger has talked about it as well. Right, there there seems to be a, a genuine disengagement by an awful lot of people who have been traditional football fans and are becoming less and less engaged with the overall product. I'm not going to say they're becoming disengaged with the football teams, but they're becoming disengaged from the overall product that's being produced and the way it's being produced. Right, um, and myself and Gav when we were talking last week, it was just until we were saying, "How do you say football?" And I said, "Look, Liverpool need to get the mafia in because just to, just to even up the score on, on the ownership side of it." Right, but in in all like, is there? a torn off going on and how much of that is exacerbated by the fact that we've seen a, a bizarre product in terms of the, the lack of fans and all the type of stuff that went on that it's constant well, it's, 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 look at Manchester City you know half the I mean all the money in the world all the Worthington Cups you could you could possibly have in your trophy cabinet and a few Premier Leagues thrown in there but have they actually increased their global footprint in terms of being attractive you know are they filling st- people joke about it, but are they filling the stadium week in, week out? So people are being turned off. And it's not be- I'm not being I'm not trying to be exclusionary and talk about it and build this because that's the antithesis argument. Oh, you know, you're you're just in that club with Liverpool, Manchester United, AC Milan and Real Madrid where you don't want anyone else in. No, this whole thing is supposed to be an exercise 
to garner support. It's like, I don't know, starting a band and hoping that the music, you, you, a lot of these, like Louis Walsh will throw a million quid into four guys from Sligo, and, but eventually millions of people worldwide will buy their records. But that's not the case with Manchester City. They they have the success, but they don't seem to have... I, I'm not hearing you know, huge demand in the Far East to watch watch that football, you know, despite having, you know, the best, so-called best, you know, philosophical coach on the planet. So I'm not see, I don't see that as a success. I still hear that Manchester United and Liverpool and the traditional big clubs are the big draw. So is it a success? So no, I think you're right. The, the, uh, Andy and Phil, the, the point that you're making is, are people torn enough? I think they are. I think people are like, People aren't stupid. You can't shove it, shove it down people's throats. There's only so much that people will buy into. There's no story. I think, ironically, Newcastle might have a better chance of having that global appeal because they were traditionally a popular club. Newcastle will sell out their stadium. And if they if they were to add on to St. James's Park, if that's possible, they might sell another 10,000. So maybe that's a model that could work. But I, don't, I, I think you're right, Phil. I think people are torn it off. I, I don't think the answer is to add another five or six super clubs to the rostrum. I think football is just one of those things where people have decided traditionally, it's like politics, where they, if you add another party to US politics, is that going to be the answer? No, people will either be red or they'll be blue, they'll either be Republican or they'll be Democrat. I don't think bringing another superpower to the table is going to make it any more attractive. That's, that's my view. Yeah, kind of disagree. Uh, you know, we might claim, uh, you know, we're becoming more disengaged from football because football, like like most people when they grow older, like they 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 always say it was better years ago. I mean, the time when the FA Cup mattered and the the atmosphere in the ground, it all sounded a lot better. But but the fact of the matter is. Football globally is a growing sport still, and there's more and more and more money. It's just being it's just being uh, consumed in a totally different way. I'm looking at the comments there. A lot of people talking about how younger people are are getting into brands and getting into players as opposed to teams. I think that really fanatical element, uh, that rivalry, is probably dwindling a little bit. But football is just changing, and and. And it's getting increasingly more and more wealthy. You might not like it, but that that is the reality. That's why there's so much money in it now because people are prepared to spend ridiculous money, and it, it's just evolving. And like it or lump it, it's it's not going away. It's only going to get worse. You might hope that one day the bubble will burst and and things might go back to a more you know palatable level because uh, it is quite sickening. You know, yeah. talking about clubs like Newcastle and and City, yeah, they always had their their massive fan bases. But if all that if all if that switch is knocked off at City, and they go back down, they just go back to where they were, just like that. Clubs like Liverpool and United, Celtic, they'll always have it all over the place. Um, it doesn't matter whether they're they're good or they're poor. You might you might lose those fans who kind of got into it just because of Salah or whatever. Or just because of the glamour, but uh, it's it's just it's an unfortunate reality. Things change for the uh, for the good or the better, and I I just think yeah, football is you know for me it's it's not the it's not the product it was, but for other people it's on the up. 
Well, not the sport, Andy. Not the sport. Do you honestly think? I mean, I don't doubt football, but do you honestly think you can produce another super club out of out of a, an also ranked club? I don't. Um, no, I mean, like, look at PSG. They they buy all the players, but they yet to win the Champions League, and they they used to win the the French League anyway. I mean, it's kind of a pointless thing that's going on there. It is just a a glamour thing you know the brand the Air Jordan thing there kids going around with PSG shorts that don't don't know anyone beyond Neymar and Mbappe and Messi and you know they don't really, they never had any interest in French football let's face it and they don't care if they win or lose Kev can yeah. I ask how much of this is grumpy man syndrome grumpy old man syndrome some of it is, but here, I mean, I watched I watch match of the day the other night and watched the Southampton uh, Leeds. Notice Southampton you know, wasn't, wasn't even remotely close to four. I'd say there was maybe three quarters of the ground was there. It reminded me of going when I was living in Bristol to watch Southampton when they were in the lower leagues, when they were at the Dell. You know, even back then when they were, when they were in the championship and they moved to St. Mary's, and they weren't filling it. Tomorrow in the UK, there's 17 games being broadcast live by hook or crook across different platforms from the under seventh from the under 18 Champions League games right up to tomorrow night's Champions League games with championship games thrown in in the middle. 17 games. There's nothing special about tomorrow night. Liverpool versus Atletico Madrid in the one the in the Metropolitano Stadium should be an absolute standout fixture that we are all sat here talking about nothing else tonight but that fixture and talking about the players they have, the players we have, the competition that we're in. It's not special anymore. You know, and we're what my topic was originally was was about saturation. We're it's not about there's there's nothing special about games on anymore. It, when Sky took it over, and this isn't grumpy old man syndrome, this is common sense stuff. Mm-hmm. When Sky took it over, you had the four o'clock game. Then you had the two games on a Sunday. Then you had right the, government, the UK government says Sky are monopolizing football, so you had the diversify, Satanta comes along, Satanta goes bust. BT comes along. Okay. So BT gets a slot. Sky retained the majority of the good slots, but then they add to them. Then Premier Sports come along, and now Amazon have come along. And I guarantee you, the Zone and Netflix are looking at this model as well. Then you've got Arsene Wenger turning around talking about a World Cup every two years. And if Wenger is talking about that, Infantino is going to do the same thing with the Euros. And by the way, we still have the Olympics going on as well every four years, so they're going to have their tournament. At what point? Uh, I mean, Timo Courtois was right in what he said. At what point do you turn around to the players and say, lads, are you capable of producing the same intensity football that we all love to watch in the Premier League for 80 games a season? And the, the possibility of a 39th Premier League game has never gone away. That possibility is always there as well. These players are supreme athletes. They're not machines. And you can't expect them to go at the performance levels the fans want to see, not at the volume of games that they're being put on. And the argument against it is, well, they're paid loads of money. The footballers have always been paid loads of money. 
Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Apart from, you know, when the likes of Jimmy Hill was running, the, the, you know, took over the PFA, then the owners had all the money. But ultimately, it's the fans who pay. And you're seeing it at grounds like Southampton. You're seeing it at smaller mid-table Premier League clubs where a father can't take his two kids to Premier League game because it's the bones of half a week's wages. At some point, there has to be a hands-up moment, a light bulb moment, when someone says, look, we can't keep doing this. The cost, the atmosphere in the grounds is what Sky and BT want. The Premier League is the product that it is because of the atmosphere that's created in the grounds, the intensity of the fans, the intensity of the game, and the intensity of the players. If Sky want to have that product into the next decade, they can't keep doing this to players. I mean, I think it's obscene what footballers earn. Hands up. It's obscene. Always will be. But I'd rather I'd rather the players got paid than the owners kept the money. But ultimately, I'd like the fans to be able to afford to go to games without having to spend half a week's wages to go and do it. And then spending another hundred euro on top for your Sky subscription so you can watch the games that you enjoy watching. You know, there has to be a light a light bulb moment somewhere along the lines where someone says, hang on. You know, and that's not grumpy old man syndrome. That's nearly 50-year-old me saying, have an ounce of common sense. But do, do you think, though, that this is just the ultimate fulfillment of the model that they wanted to build once they were able to create 24-hour sports channels? Um, and they've missed a key point in the sports that have been successful in retaining audience engagement and there's few but i'll say one that i think is is incredibly if you want to look at saturation in terms of coverage and then you also want to look at how they've managed the product i always go back to the nfl it's got bigger view bigger viewing audiences than than it's ever had yeah it's becoming a global sport and that they moved some games away from the states that's in mexico they've gone to england there's more games going on in england but they didn't go the route. Now, they are looking at, the, they've done the 17th game this year, which is similar to what football has done. But they've avoided up until now to really saturate in terms of going for a nine-month season, increasing to 24 games, increasing the playoffs to a, a bigger step, and just going bigger, 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 bigger all this way, right? It's been very slow in terms of their expansion. So the more games, the more... Sorry, the more games, the less relevant every game becomes. And I think this is one of the things that, that Sky has lost. I think this is one of the things where football has lost. But they want those games on the television purely because they're paying so much. So they need product. And this is product filler. This is this is what it used to be like when they'd buy the A-team for RT1 or Knight Rider or Aaron Spelling back in the 80s used to write the same show over and over again, but just change the names and, and change the premise. But it was the exact same thing over and over again. It was Dallas. It was Dynasty. Same show. One was in San Francisco. One was in... In, in Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Knight Rider, Street Hawk, Airwolf, Blue Thunder. It's basically the same show. There's a, there's a vehicle. There's the baddies. <laughs> they go yeah, after the baddies. Chips. It talks. Chips on the bike. Then you have like... But it was. It was the same show over and over and over and over and over and over yeah. again. Um, and that's what it was, right? So what Music we see now is... <laughs> But it is, it is. It's, it's the commodification of of football. It's, it's at least they didn't t- have the cheek to charge us extortionate funds to watch them. All. <laughs> I think the NFL have looked looked at baseball and thought mm. we're not going down the baseball route. Baseball have a league season of 162 games. 
Yeah, but that's the way the Premier League's gone. There's going to be 162 Premier League games all played on a Wednesday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Phil. I I mean, you you can have more American football games without putting massive pressure on the players. Half the players don't break a sweat. Well, Andy, the NFLPA, which is their Players Association, have put blocks in to prevent them playing more than X amount of games. And when they agreed to play an extra game, they had to lop off one of the preseason weeks. So that they were still playing the the net the same net amount of games every year. The average um, career in, in American football is four years. It's not yeah, like soccer. That, that's where, yeah, because you're going to get smashed up. Because you're the other getting smashed up. You you'd always get U.S. cities would would vie for an NFL team. They would all yeah. love an NFL franchise. I mean, you you look at New England, right? I mean, I lived over there for a few years. I lived in Hartford or near Hartford, so. You had Foxborough Stadium was just up the I-84. So, and it was 50 miles from Boston. Yep. You're about another 80 miles from Hartford. Then you had Rhode Island and Vermont and all of that mm-hmm. in the surrounding area. But I guarantee you, a city like Hartford, when Hartford lost the NHL side that they had back in the 80s when I lived there, it was uh, that was the only sport that the city had. That was recognised and televised anywhere. Now their biggest sport, their biggest draw in the city, is UConn basketball. Yeah, and it's not UConn men's basketball; it's UConn women. UConn women's Huskies is the biggest draw in the city, bar none, anywhere. But, but this 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 goes back to my point. There's still a saturation level in terms of coverage, right? The analog is down to the levels of what color socks people are wearing from a training session to the bus, right? That still happens, but because you don't have as many games, right? Going back to your point, they haven't gone the MLB thing, which is 160 games. They're playing a game every 10 minutes, and the games go on for five hours. It's like the, or 10 hours or whatever amount of hours it goes on. Nobody cares. The viewership has fallen off, and unless football give something so we have the league cup with the fa cup in england with the league cup the fa cup and um, the premier league and then you've got whatever european competition your team is in it's too many there's there's too much like honestly and, and i know i get slaughtered for this but like nobody really gives a shit about the fa cup outside of john Motson and the bbc right like, no nobody in the world gives a shit about the fa cup unless you are brentford or Somebody, right? And what's going to happen is they all get you'll hear the romance of the cup, right? Binning, there's a load of weekends. The international football, nobody gives a fuck about international football. I hate, I hate to break this to people. You can pretend you care, right? The only reason the English go to international football is so they can start fights and and do hooliganism, right? That's the only reason they turn up for it. Like, there's no other reason apart from that. You ask the Brazilian lads, and they love nothing more than going home to represent Brazil. They love it's going very, home because it's, it's carnival. That's why they love going home. Yeah, but mate, they've, always, <laughs> they've always been like that. It was the same the when you used to go back with Uruguay. It was the same. It's very, it's a very English thing that they hate the national team. There's no association between the national team and its club over country. You know, but that's a lot of the cases because the clubs in England are so damn big. You know, I mean, if you're in Spain, Pete, you're out there. If the Catalan region had mm-hmm. a national team, I guarantee you the Catalan the Catalan region would come out in droves for that. Song. Yeah, they're not bothered about Spain, yeah. which is weird. You know, it, oh, but they're it would be if, yeah. it would be if it was a Catalan. If you could say, right, you've got to pick the players from Bilbao, Barcelona, and that they region. do it once a year. They do it once a year, kid. 
They do yeah. good teams. Australia do it with the um, AFL, don't they? The, um, yeah. the Origin series. They have, yeah, a, they have a representative game every year where the Basque country um, plays against Galicia, plays against Cat- Catalonia. Uh, strangely enough, Ma- uh, Madrid doesn't send the team because they don't think it should happen. But it's interesting, you know, the, the Catalan team, mm. if you were the, Spanish, the, the charity players, shield should have done that. I always thought the charity shield should have done that. A North huh? South, I always thought the charity shield should have done that. Instead of having the league winners and the cup yeah, winners, yeah, yeah. a North East South game. or a UK, a UK and Ireland side versus the rest of the world side based on the players that are in the league, managed by the two managers who've won trophies that year. But going back to what you're saying about the Cups, I've always believed that the sides who are involved in Europe shouldn't be involved in the League Cup. I, I don't think it should be involved in any Cups. Well, I think if you're in if you're in the Champions League, it's the League and Champions League. If you're in the Europa League... the Cups. If you're in the Europa League, it's it's the league and the Europa League, and then for the teams that can't make it into it, they play in the in the Pretendi Cups, right? And then the Pretendi Cups get you a route into the Europa League, which means that you don't you miss out on the Pretendi Cups the next year. Because ultimately, lads, look who wins the FA Cup. It's either Manchester City, or Chelsea, or United, or Arsenal, right? That's who wins it. And then look who wins the FA Cup. See, see, see past text, right? Like, it's not like no, you're no, getting. I get you, man. I get you, man. Leicester, Leicester, sorry, but they, again, Leicester in Europe, Leicester have been finishing top six. So, mm. you, there's this imagination that that something can happen in the cup. Can't, can't. It's, it's like saying that global warming's not happening. It's, it's not going to happen, right? And I go back to international football. What's the point in international football? What's the point in Andorra playing Luxembourg? Right? What's the point in any of that? Been it. What's the, best, what's, the, what's the best nights for of your you're 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 not far off my age. You remember Italia ninety, what it was like over here. Yeah, I remember World Cup eighty six. It's it's my yeah. it's my formative year of football, right? And that's before saturation happened and it was it was mm. exotic, but football Mine was, was different. Mine was eighty two and it was like you've got all these games you and these games are on every day. You insane. I was sat there. I was glued to our sports stadium in Billa Hurley. I watched a lot, you know. But in 1990, I was 18, and I swear to God, I've never seen a country go berserk. Yep. For for sport, for soccer, like it did in 1990. I was in America in '88, so I didn't have a clue what was going on. Well, Kev, the key the key difference then was football was very restricted in terms of so your 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 international football represented the cream of the leagues that were playing so spain were playing italy the cream of the spanish talent played in spain and they played the cream of the italian talent they in well for ireland ireland scotland england wales they all played in england right so essentially they were and that was the coverage that went on nowadays it's just Everything is the Champions League. I hate that this is the, the truth right. behind it is the Champions League is the pinnacle. If FIFA were smart, they'd bin off international football and say, right, we're creating the FIFA World Club Cup and we're going to replace. Well, that's coming too. It is coming. And that, they're that looking at coming, yeah. That's on the cards. And that, that's where you go. And But it, you focus in one part of the season and it builds up to this carnival atmosphere of, of club football. Imagine having a group of, a bit like the Champions League, but it's done on a much shorter basis, and it's done over a five-week period where there's knockout stages and stuff like that. That would pull in bigger ratings than any World Cup will, despite what people think, because you'll have the South American champions, you'll have the the European champions, you'll have all the lads that went on. Uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, international friendlies are just like 
a, a pandemic bend them, right? Yeah, but that's and why I like the Nations League. I, no, I, I don't the Nations think... League semi-finals and final last last week. And they were cracking games of football because they were against well-matched sides. You know, they weren't fra- they weren't like the friendlies. There was something on it, and just by watching the games, you could see there was something on it. The players bought into it. You know, and they they produced, they gave up some cracking games. Saying that, I wouldn't have had any interest in watching it if it was the group three or group four of the Nations mm. League. But because it was the top tier and it was the top four nations in Europe against each other. I mean, it is a brand new venture, but the games, the quality they produced was great. It really was. So are we kind of contradicting ourselves here? You know, are we being hypocrites? Well, of course we are. Like we're, it, we're, we're giving out about oh. the the kind of the growth of money in football, and uh, and then then we're we're just saying bin off the football that actually really does matter. Like going back twenty or thirty years, the football that really did matter was the international football. And and you we're saying football so as you could get yeah. into the international team. But that was all yeah. we had, though. That was all. Yeah. That was all we had. There was nothing else on. It's yeah. not reasonable, Andy. Sport now is global, and that's where everything changes once it becomes global. Because when you have the best players spread across various different Which, leagues, that piece of what made international football relevant is gone. International football then was the pinnacle because the best players from each league were primarily th- that nationality, right? And they mm. were representing each other in these tournaments. Now it's not the case. It's mm. not the best. It's not the. It's not the top tier standard anymore. I mean, the top tier standard for football is the is the Champions League. Yeah. I think the best thing. Yeah. The best uh, look, there was a time. There was a time when the international football, when the when the international teams got together, the you know the top international teams would beat the top club teams if they if they were to play them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Nowadays, nowadays it's it's the complete opposite. You know. Do you remember they did it years ago in Lansdowne Road, and it was Liverpool versus the Republic of Ireland side. Yeah. yeah. It was in the late eighties, and it was yeah. a I don't know, it was a testimonial or something or a friendly or was something. Was it Ronnie like Williams' that. testimonial? It might have been, yeah. Was, but I think yeah. it was at Talca Park because I don't think it was at Lansdowne Road. But might can have been, I, I don't know. Can, can I just address uh, Antoinette McConville? Gula Lazio. I think you're probably trying to get a Go Lazio, which was yeah. uh, this theme tune from uh, Italian 90 yeah, on yeah. Channel 4. Uh, Gula Lazio could also be some type of Halloween spell incantation towards the Lazio uh, football club. And or Gula, some, some Hungarian. In terms of what's it? Gula, uh, Gula. Gula Lazio. Um, We've all just... Uh, look... I, I have to say, Andy, I, I, I've, I'm, incredi- I'm incredibly torn off by anything that's not Liverpool yeah. these days when it comes to football. I don't. Yeah, I, me, I've struggled me to watch too. anything else. Me too. I don't. You I, know, like when some I, there was a time when I'd watch, sit down and watch German football and French football, and I was really into it. And I what, liked watching all these players come through. And now I just don't care. I don't know what. Yeah. It, I, and I, and I'll, I'll say it. It's it's my age. I've got too much stuff going on outside. Where, oh, yeah. so where, where before yeah. you were just wasting time and just and just and trying to figure out what it is, right? Um, but I think that it, it's an age thing. However, yeah. what I think what's really interesting is, and it was mentioned at the very top of the comments, the way younger people 
now watch football. So when I was watching it, you were watching your team and I had teams in various different leagues that I follow religiously in terms of what, what it looked like. But Liverpool was still, still the best thing that was there. Red State Field doesn't watch anything but Liverpool and doesn't even watch that. That's probably a fair show. Um, I don't watch it live. I prefer to watch it on playback so you can remove the emotion and see exactly what's going on. I have to say, Red Steve, I'll, I'll be straight with this. Doing podcasts ruined my enjoyment of being a fan, <laughs> right? Um, because you have to be rational when it comes to what your opinions are. And I know people think, but yeah, but to have a, to have a difference of opinion um, or to throw up a different sort of viewpoint than what's just there as group think, it's really, you have to sort of look at a game as cold as you possibly can. Um, and I really struggle. But these big emotional games, like the United game, like I, I, my mm. body temperature drops and everything when I watch it live. And it's just, it's it's like, it's it's horrible. It's like you have one of those comfort blankets. You know those weighted blankets, Andy, that you need to wear, <laughs> that you need to put on you. To make you I, only can, I only uh, discovered these things in the last kind of week or so. <laughs> That is a funny concept. People buying blankets that are heavy to keep them like pinned to the bed. <laughs> it's very they used to be night nice. nice. so, uh, terrors. Do you remember when the when the old lady? Do you have a weighted blanket, Pete? I, I did. In, in, you know, you know, the window blanket. It was at the top of the wardrobe. You take it down the window, and your man would tuck it right under everything else. Oh no, this and, is this is totally different. Maybe no, no, no. This is no. different, Pete. This is like there's people now buying medically, like they buy them in chemists and stuff. They're blankets yeah. that have weights in them. They're that for way, like sleep, for yeah. sleep anxiety and stuff like that. So yeah, you get into bed and mm-hmm. instead of just putting a duvet or a blanket over you, you put like a big lead fucking thing on top of you. <laughs> or it's full, of, it's full of like... Those, those, uh, uh, like those weighted blankets were originally designed for children <laughs> on the autism spectrum because uh, okay. it was seen to calm them down and relax them. And uh, now the adults decide. The adults decide. You know when the fidget spinners came out, and then all the adults, no. you start to see yeah. adults walking around with, on the Lewis with the fidget spinners. You're like, oh, for, yeah, for, no, come here. That's no. that's fair enough. That's fair enough. If it's been proven to help autistic kids. Great, yeah. happy days. But uh, there was an advertisement for one, and there was a woman sleeping on a sofa <laughs> where her feet sticking out like and that that gave me anxiety looking at her like <laughs> first of all you don't sleep with your feet out of a fucking duvet or a blanket of any sort and you don't sleep in the sofa like i mean what what are they doing advertising it like that you know what i mean pinned to the sofa sweating feet sticking out like oh do you not think like do you oh, not think no. you just threw one of those old fashioned snorkels over your bed? That'd be enough, like because they they were they were like lead balloons. They were just get a normal, <laughs> normal do they put a brick on top of you? <laughs> Big cavity block. And <laughs> <laughs> stick your feet out. Stick your feet out at the bottom. The bottom. And stick them into a big ice bucket. Kev, do you sleep with your feet sticking out the bottom of the duvet? Got no choice. I'm six foot plus. <laughs> <laughs> do you not get long blankets? <laughs> I got a dog at the end of the bed who'll just like curl up into my feet. Yeah, That's so, a bit of a weighted blanket. If you get a big enough dog just to lie on top of you. Yeah, he's a big staffy, so in all fairness, he does whatever the fuck he does whatever that he wants. There's people defending the, the weighted blankets, Andy. I think if if anyone's out there selling weighted blankets, will you send one to Andy so we can try it out and he can do a review for us on the pod next week? Uh I'll get down to I'll get down to Mayfield and I'll sleep in a a tent in a field with a weighted blanket, but you're not thinking like a weighted blanket would be a fire hazard. Like, say, you know, the fire went, the fire alarm went off in your gaff, right? And you know, when you're a bit that dozy when you start to wake up and it like takes it's really hard to get up out of bed, like the weighted blanket was just an excuse not to move. Like, 
Mm. For going though, it's keep it safe everything. after you've had about eight or nine points. That's all it is. Make sure you don't fall out the bed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Pete's gone. He must be gone off to finish his hair. We're getting a good good view of what's going on there. That's a uh, definitely an outsider can see there as well. That's that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Pete's always interesting. Comes he always goes off <clears> mid pod one, but this is the pod's nearly over at this stage. It's um, a mad world. It is a mad world, and there's many other mad things that we need to address um, as we go on. Salas Big Toe says, come on, Andy, we'll go bushing. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin might now yeah. be in from down that neck of the woods. Not that far, yeah. though. <laughs> <laughs> Polly Walnuts, they're handy for weighing down the bodies, dumping. Okay, fair enough. Uh, right, so... <laughs> 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 that's the uh, okay that's me the form for tonight um, I wanted to again I want to want to thank everyone for watching all the comments coming in to keep us going in terms of what's there and Dicko has spent in the same comment about nine times that the Premier League have said the, the Newcastle uh, sponsorship deal has been refused uh, I, I noticed Ant uh, but I don't care about Newcastle to be quite frank at this stage I just like giving out about the fact that their mad um, owners are in charge um, and um, hopefully you'll never come across the Saudi Embassy as I'm walking past the gates because you know yourself uh, uh, be careful if they start sending we'll send the company jet to give you a tour of the head office yeah exactly yeah they invite you come on in a lovely dinner no no, why are you making a stew? Yeah, no, forget that. Forget that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not getting involved. Uh, no, no, that's 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 not for me. Uh, anyway, I want to say a big thanks, but also before I go, the Sienna Steps said 5k off. It's the last big push. If you know anyone that hasn't donated, if you know anyone that wants to donate, if you know anyone to be interested, please go and do it. And um, Kev, thank you for sharing the story. If you haven't aren't carrying a donor card, um, please go and do so as I said it's free costs nothing and it can change it can give somebody a life um, Andy please get yourself a weighted blanket and come back with a review as early as you can and Pete uh, we're looking forward to seeing what you're torn into this time next week given that for some reason you're getting special effects done a week before uh, you have to get them done mm. weirdo you're walking around Barcelona just looking like a fellow with the, what, what, what's the look you're going for get I up the yard I don't know whatever they tell me <laughs> are you going to tell us what this is about no, I'll show you. I'll send you. I'll send you a link when it's done. Okay, you, you send me a link when it when it gets done. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to picture what you look like there. Oh God, no. the dogs didn't. Oh, <laughs> I just read that comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Come on, get out of here before the comments get worse. <laughs> Good night. God bless. Touching it. Sports Social Podcast Network.